Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. So I've been on some little adventures. I went out to Nadjerit to Topeka and uh, a little ranch that we found out there with a friend of a friend, a contact, a um, practitioner of peyote. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about some experiences that I had out there, what, what I learned or the things that were rolling through my mind as I ingested the sacred substance. So um, we'll get into it quickly. Just remember, jump on to patreon.com and you can start helping us out by giving a monthly subscription, uh, just a few dollars a month. It'd be a great help. Of course, remember to press like on YouTube, like on Facebook, subscribe, share, and uh, you can also subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. So let's get into it. So here I am by the river in uh, an undisclosed location somewhere in Mexico. And uh, a couple of nights ago, I arrived, well, a couple of days ago, I arrived uh, traveling from Guadalajara to Tabique and uh, out here on, on a ranch with some interesting characters. And uh, last night I, I took a, a little bit of peyote, like in, in capsule form, it's easy to take it down that way and I guess uh, the the experience was kind of mild I mean it started off uh, like a micro dose I didn't want to take too much because I thought well uh, maybe it's going to have this grand effect on my on my brain because uh, a lot of the time if I uh, take substances it, it does have a huge effect especially with marijuana so I just uh, started slowly of course this is a, the second time I've taken peyote and yeah it's it was kind of like taking a, a microdose of lsd to begin with like the first three capsules uh like you feel the, this kind of emotion this strange flavor of excitement in your stomach like hey everything's just about to begin that that kind of thing so it's interesting because peyote used to be used for, of course, all kinds of purposes. So perhaps if, if somebody was uh, marching across the country, like taking a long trip, they might take peyote. And I could see how it would definitely make uh, a long trip walking much more entertaining, much less grueling. I guess it's similar to how they used to use marching powder, cocaine, uh, when people were taking long journeys, hikes, that sort of thing. And, of course, when people used to go into battle, they would use peyote as well. And I could imagine it would be like a, a really intense scene and it would be hyper-focused. People say with peyote, similar to with mushrooms, it improves your visual acuity. So I was kind of testing that out, looking at the mountains in the distance and trying to see if I could make out a leaf on a faraway mountain. And I don't know if it actually improved my, my uh, acuity or my accuracy when it comes to vision, but it definitely seemed to be, well, the views were more interesting, obviously. And then, yeah, I did feel a little 
anxious. Uh, it's kind of like the paranoia you get when you smoke weed. Uh, sometimes like a little social anxiety, like, oh, did I offend this person? And that, that kind of thing. Um, eventually when I went to bed, so my, my buddies arrived, uh, from Guadalajara taking the truck or the, the pickup from Guadalajara. And, uh, yeah, finally we settled down in the cabin and, and went to sleep and, uh, I kept getting these closed eye visuals or like, it was like I was already dreaming before going to sleep. And I had this, this little journey. It's like showing me these alternate, alternate dimensions or sorry, alternate universes, I should say. Uh, showing me different things and saying, hey, you know, um, you feel, you, you know, you felt at one stage, you felt at home in your parents' house. Uh, but when you started to travel the world, you found that you could feel at home in other places as well. And it's the same like with your identity, with your life. Uh, you can uh, go travel to other places like, like change your identity, become a different person. And you can feel at home uh, there as well. So it's not like you need to be attached onto your identity or the, the particular life situation where you're in. Uh, even though I, I think I'm probably better at this than most people, uh, it's an important affirmation to remember. Like, yeah, don't get caught up too much and where, where you think your life is exactly. I mean, not that you should shirk your responsibilities, but... Uh, be prepared for, for new things and be ready for, for new opportunities and be ready to change everything completely because why not? Uh, I mean, you can do that. You have that liberty. So <laughs> uh, it was actually a little more intense than that. I remember at, at one point I, I started to think like, I remember seeing all these these strange figures, like these Mobius strips circling around, and they were like, "Yeah, you're at, at like at this point in reality. You've arrived at this station. Uh, this is the reality that you you live in now. But at, at any point in this Mobius strip, you you could be you could be some way completely different." And I started to think, uh, like, started to get a little lost in it. Like, oh, holy shit! Like, there's all these realities, and within this. Uh, within this point of consciousness, I could exit at any reality I wanted. And it kind of put things in perspective a little bit for me because, I mean, sometimes I worry about things like money or whatever. And the thing is, you don't need to worry so much about that stuff. I mean, if, if you worry about it, just remember, like, life is abundance. You can go out. You can get more money if you lose money and you, uh, you can find new connections, new loves, whatever. I mean, things come and go and it doesn't really matter. But just telling this grand story and, yeah, people die and people live and pe people come back around again. But who cares? I mean, let's just enjoy it, have a good time. and <laughs> You don't have to be – you don't have to suffer because of your loss uh, you can leave it all behind uh, be with the moment more or less welcome change be changed and have a good time so that's basically <laughs> what I was going through last night I think we're about to take a little more peyote uh, just to, uh, drink it down with some water I'll put a little bit into a, a glass and drink it down or something like that 
and uh, kick off the the day in an interesting way while we bathe down by this. Well, the guy told us this was a waterfall, uh, or he said in Spanish, cascada. I don't think I wouldn't describe that as a waterfall, but <laughs> still pretty nice. Uh, good to have fresh running water. All right, so talk to you soon. All right, so here I am again back in Guadalajara, back in the, the Paradise Paradox studio, and I wanted to tell you about the second day that I took it uh, because some things started going through my mind. What they were doing, we were actually uh, preloading, like taking peyote for a few days before the ceremony. And on the second day, uh, well, the second night, uh, eventually the the drugs started to take hold, uh, I guess around 10 or 11 p.m. at night. And I kind of felt rather uncomfortable. My mind was kind of going at, at a million words a minute, just trying to process things. And I remember having some strange experiences, like seeing some visual effects in the darkness and that sort of thing. So, of course, it was reminiscent of my trip uh, out in San Luis Potosí. Because I remember uh, the first time I did peyote, we're out there and I would see the visual effects and eventually I said, all right, well, look, I see these visual effects, but this is the kind of thing that I see in the darkness when I'm going to sleep. What I really want to do is, is communicate. But this time I didn't want to push, push it like, like that. Um, but uh, my mind was kind of going out of control. I remember at one point I had this odd hallucination or vision it was like seeing this weird otherworldly key and i knew that it was a kind of contract and i thought well if i if i agree to this contract then i have to uh, fulfill whatever's on the other side of it but the thing is it's written in this alien language from another universe and so there's no way for me to know what's going to happen if I agree to it. Um, there's no way for me to know what the benefits will be, and what I'll be missing if I don't do it. Uh, but I thought as well, of course, the more I would resist the drug, the more it was likely to persist. So I had to go ahead with it, even though I was kind of paranoid, worried that some kind of alien was going to enter my head or enter my thoughts or something like that. Then, uh, uh, I also remember there was a, this sort of reference to an essay that I, that I wrote uh, maybe nine months ago talking about God's playthings. I remember I wrote this phrase all those months ago saying something about uh, come on down, come play with God's playthings or come mess around with God's playthings. Uh, when I originally wrote it, it was talking about like different emotions that uh, powerful emotions, peak experiences. In this context, it, would, it had this slightly different meaning, like it was saying the, these, these substances are God's playthings and, you know, we can mess around with them. But the greater meaning was why mess around with God's playthings when you can play with God's tools or when you can create something with God's tools and God's tools will be something like presence in the moment, our natural creative compulsion, our natural creative force, like building things, making something new that, that people haven't seen before. 
So that was an, an interesting insight that I had or an interesting little perspective. But to put that into a greater context, I thought, well, hang on, what is it saying here? It's like, it's like peyote is telling me not to take peyote. Uh, <laughs> so I found that kind of weird. Also, it made me wonder um, because uh, there were little things like uh, my legs started to twitch and I guess now I notice that's, that seems to be a trend when, if I take peyote or, or ayahuasca, my legs start to twitch. When I was out in the desert in San Luis Potosí, when my legs started to twitch, I interpreted it at the time as extraterrestrials trying to control my legs from outside of this universe so they could uh, determine what buttons or what electrical impulses control what in within this universe which <laughs> uh looking back now it seems like a bit of a leap to take but you know i go through uh, the those experiences that i had in the desert and i think well how much of that was my interpretation or this you know the jumping to this conclusion or something like that and how much of it really happened and i think you know, one of the, uh, the similarly, I was seeing, looking at the light in the in the room there, in Najarit, and uh, I would kind of see see the light jumping around. When I was in the desert in San Luis Potosí, I would see the the visual effect of the light jumping around and assume that it was trying to communicate with me. Yet here I was in Najarit again, <laughs> light jumping around. And I realized, well, it's just jumping around. There's not really any sense to it. It's just like my eyes going a bit funny. But I do remember like the first thing, the first really weird thing that happened in San Luis Potosí, when I saw the three lights in the distance that looked like three house lights that were maybe 20 kilometers away. And I saw two of them swap positions and that, I still wonder because that doesn't seem like just something that would happen because of visual effects of a substance. So I still wonder, you know, how much of it is interpretation, how much of it actually happened. Then, yeah, the other, the other greater meaning is you can have all these interpretations of, of what's going on and, and none of them is exactly what is going on. So, uh, and I know for some people that they find it very difficult to separate their opinions from their observations. Uh, some people bring up this example, maybe it's a tiny bit misogynist or sexist, but the, um, the, the comment that people make is women will see another woman walk into the room and say, oh, that dress looks awful on her or something like that. And you say, well, what, hang on, well, why are you being so mean? Or why are you being so catty? And the woman won't be able to say that she's being catty or that she's, make, that she's forming a judgment. She'll just say, no, I'm just making an observation, nothing more. Uh, but everybody is kind of subject to this. Uh, and some people more than others. So I think it takes a certain clarity of vision to see things a little bit more as they actually are rather than seeing our own opinions in front of our eyes. So these substances like peyote, especially LSD particularly, you can see that 
the, when you look at someone's brain on LSD, like you can see the footage on the internet of somebody's brain in an MRI being imaged so you can see how it lights up and, and you can see normally a brain just has one or two little hot spots. But when you take LSD, it's like pff, lights up like fucking Christmas and LSD and, uh, is especially known for its pattern forming, uh, pattern recognition enhancement. So it, to me, it just affirms, it affirmed to me that, well, hang on. When I take these substances, I can't really take everything at face value. Um, or some people like to describe this as, as if true. So when you have a certain experience on psychedelics, and even I think when you have a certain experience in life, you have to distance yourself a little bit from it and consider that, that the interpretations aren't what actually happened. On, but you can take that interpretation and build on it and say, well, what if this, what if the things really do work like this? How, how does that affect my model of reality? And you use that something like, uh, Edward de Bono described as a Poe. So you present this idea, not necessarily as an end in itself, but you see where the idea leads after that. And I think that's what these substances are particularly useful for. Um, for myself, I guess this happens every time I take a psychedelic, I, I kind of say, well, I don't think I'll do that again. Um, and this time I, I also feel that way. Uh, but it was slightly different because even during the trip, it seemed to, uh, I seemed to be presenting this argument to myself uh, that I shouldn't be taking this anymore, not just because I felt uncomfortable or something like that. So that was interesting. And of course, everybody has their own experience. So you don't have to, what I'm describing to you, this is very important to give this disclaimer. What I'm describing is, isn't necessarily going to be part of anyone's experience. I'm just discussing these, these principles. So if you are going to take a trip, you know, don't take it as if what I'm saying is influences your preconceptions of what will happen. You don't have to take that into account. You can just listen, uh, consider what I'm saying. Maybe there are some principles to be extracted there. But you don't have to really take it that seriously. It's just some, you know, it's just a, maybe, maybe a little roadmap of some potential things. And, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I wrote down here, flip-flopping. Of course, when we try on different interpretations, when we try on different belief systems or beliefs, people might accuse us of not really knowing who we are. But I don't see it like that. It depends how you do it, but there's a bit of subtlety. Uh, because there are different ways of looking at things. And sometimes trying on beliefs is like trying on a new set of clothes. So in the end, I decided not to participate in the ceremony, but a bunch of my friends that were there with me uh, did, and they had a good time. So that was all fine. But personally, I just had some apprehensions about the the experience obviously after <laughs> having seemingly having peyote itself 
tell me that uh, the, the experience wasn't going to be valuable to me or feeling while I, while I was experiencing it that it was nothing more than a kind of bunch of uh, strange images presented before me. I, I had to bow out of that, I guess, uh, at least for this one, I had to send it out. Uh, yeah, I do remember having a bunch of other visions like closed eye visuals, seeing uh, my own synapses connecting and that kind of thing. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, but like I said, I don't think I'll do peyote again for quite a while. So uh, on the way back, I went to uh, Puerto Vallarta to see my friends, uh, Leandro and Kelsey L. L. Dixon uh, for a couple of days. And we worked on a, a song together with L. L. Dixon and his friend Judicious. So we recorded a song that I wrote about, well, I started writing about a week ago, uh, two weeks ago. And uh, we recorded a little film clip. So that should be up within the next couple of weeks when L gets a chance to mix it uh, or edit it together. So that should be cool. Uh, remember, jump on to Patreon, patreon.com slash Paradise Paradox, and you can start helping us out by subscribing there. Give a little, give a lot. Uh, support projects, support the arts that you're interested in. Support me or support other artists, other creators that are on Patreon as well. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, for example, I'm, I signed up to Patreon the other day and I put, uh, I started giving some cash to Dan Dix of Press for Truth because I really enjoy his journalism. So that's a, that's a good one to check out. Uh, remember to press like, subscribe, share on YouTube, like on the Facebook page, uh, head on over to iTunes and you can subscribe on there as well, as well as your favorite podcast app. So, for example, Podcast Addict, that's a good one. I use that on Android. Yeah, like, subscribe, share. So good, it's worth saying twice. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're having a good one. And lots of love. Get money, 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 get money,